Oh my. No my. Hi there, my, and, and welcome, welcome to, to Two Two Duke Podcast with your host, Fine and Crave Kelda. Mr. Speaker, we here today are here for our first reading of the Two Two Duke Act of 2022. Ah, oh, and do you know what it says in this act? It says that today we got a beautiful guest for us. We're going to break it down to you, our listeners out there. This man has been through it all and he only just got his gold card. That's right. <laughs> He's been a principal, an MP, a representative, a head boy. I could list it off, but he could do it himself. Mm. This man does not need any <laughs> other introduction. So let's just give a round of applause for Mr. Dududorf level. Yeah, kia ora, no mai, no mai, hi there mai. Kei te peha koe vatua. Thank you very much, good, uh, good to be with you fellas today. Oh. Thank you Mr. Speaker. <laughs> 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 well Matua, um, we're just going to give you the space here for you to introduce yourself um, for anyone out there that doesn't know who you are. Okay, tēnā kūrua, tēnā tata katoa. Uh, my name is Teodoro Flavel, no Te Waka Otearoa, uh, Te Tautoku Mama, no Te Taitukarei, e Te Tautoku Papa. I live in Rotorua, I've got five children, I've got four mokopuna, they're all awesome. Uh, I went to uh, St. Stephen's School in Auckland, Auckland University, Auckland Teachers College, had a career in education, uh, pretty much most of my uh, time out of varsity. I finished a master's here at Waikato and um, held positions in education as head of department, chief executives of of schools and principals of schools and stuff, and then I ended up in Parliament for my sins. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so Parliament, uh, yeah, I got out of there, it was too hard. Uh, well, actually I didn't, I got voted out, which is worse. <laughs> um, and anyway, so then I went to Tewaranga Aotearoa very recently, loved that job, wonderful place, wonderful institution. Had a bit of time here teaching uh, on the treaty paper, and at the moment I am uh, got a couple of positions, so I'm teaching here. I'm also helping out on Te Ahuritanga, which is our leadership program here. Uh, doing some work with the staff, uh, some some faculties, uh, and um, at uh, Māori Television, Forgotten Māori, mm. it's launched today. I launched this new couple for today. Do a bit of work in Fine Water, Chairman of Fine Water, involved with our Iwi stuff. Oh my gosh, I'm getting dizzy with all this. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy when you had one job, then you, <laughs> you know. My best job actually was on the dump truck way back in the day when you had to throw those blinging bins onto the back of a truck. Mm, true. And uh, that was my best, best, best job, especially in Taupo on the summer. Oh man, mm. it was just the one. Yeah. Especially at Christmas because they all brought all these six packs out and left them <laughs> in the, uh, left it beside your bin as you come past. And oh, thank you very much. And then just chuck all your rubbish on. It was a good job. I love that job. Anyway, nice to be with you uh, both in uh, yeah, all of the ones that are listening, uh, if I understand you, if I was pretty popular or what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you told me anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we um we have listeners and are listened to. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, we got a we we got a fair following that appreciate listening to uh, wise individuals such as oh. you and us. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to talk about yourselves again. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I've been here, you've just been talking about yourselves. You've got to give some space to us. <laughs> money here, you know what I mean? You know what? It's it's perfect. This is a perfect transition to give some space for you because oh. here at Two Two D, we're pretty um we're pretty significant for being able to give a koha to uh, our guests that come on. So here today we have a koha of a wonderful blue t-shirt. Oh. Uh, a wonderful blue t-shirt. Oh this is a Maori Kiwi Kato t-shirt. Oh, that needs to be put up properly for the video. And uh, we would love to give this to you. Thank you very um, much. So this is uh, just a lovely, a lovely gift here from us. Very good. She's still got tomatoes. No, no, no. 
Lucky I wasn't the last one to wear it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I actually been following you fellas on uh, on uh, Facebook and uh, uh, Instagram and stuff. I just seen where you fellas are all up to. Body Waikato, it's been awesome. Keeping everybody up to date and, and opening up the door for activities around the varsity is really good. Takes me back to sort of my days uh, where we just luckily knew the people people who owned the gym uh, who ran the gym and so I could get in for free. Uh, <laughs> but these days it's a little bit different. So thank you very much. I appreciate this uh, this quarter. Much hey, appreciate it. Anytime. All good. All good. Um, so while while you're on it, um, you you spoke up briefly about um, uh getting your masters from Waikato and transitioning into teaching here as well. Um, so what do you what was it like moving from one side of the fence to the other in terms of being a student and teacher? And uh, what are you teaching here? Uh, so I'll start with the second question first. Uh, so I'm teaching Te Tiriti Waitangi, mm. a paper that I did a couple of years ago and then I was asked to come back. I really love it. I just uh, had my last lecture today. Uh, I love um, sharing quarter about the treaty and trying to do it in such a way that you capture and draw in people as opposed to divide people because that's not what it was all about. It's trying to give everybody information so they know we're talking about treaties, not about dividing people. It's actually about bringing us together as a nation. Um, and in terms of the first question, I, I left when I left school, I didn't really know whether I was going to be a teacher or not because I was in St Stephen's School. You look at St Stephen's School, you're locked away for bling the whole year, just about. Uh, it's not a, it's not a prison, by the way. Just in case, <laughs> uh, it's a boarding school. And back in the day, so we just, you know, think about. You start dreaming about your future. A lot of our guys that went out of boarding school, we went into town, into Auckland, and just followed teaching as it was. And um, I was down to do uh, English and social studies. I was hopeless at English, worse at social studies. Fly, flicked into Māori studies and uh, and phys ed, uh, and uh, became a phys ed, physical education teacher with Māori as a backup subject. So stayed in education pretty much most of my, my time, which I loved. I love teaching. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy the ability to shape people's minds um, and... I um, appreciate very much the opportunity that you have to work with uh, ones that I, was, I enjoyed secondary school, primary school, not my not my gig. Uh, those kids are crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Secondary kids and the older ones and at university, you know, you can shape their minds, uh, you can interact, you can court it all. Uh, that's what I really love. So I've really appreciated coming back because after I became a teacher, I slowly moved into the administration role, mm. uh, which was okay. It was good to sort of get into the leadership positions there to get an idea about what it's like, but uh, actually my real passion is teaching, so I've appreciated the opportunity here at Waikato to be able to share the treaty paper, but also work with the Ahuritanga, the um, leadership program that's here, um, because I believe that there's a huge opportunity to be able to help out this young set, this young cohort of, of, of minds, Māori at that, uh, who um, have already declared they want to be leaders. They got picked, for goodness sakes, so therefore they must have something going for themselves. Mm, mm. And then uh, to be able to work with them and shape and get the very best uh, speakers uh, to tell them and prepare them for a leadership gig that hopefully will come their way down the line. So that's pretty much what I'm doing here. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, while, we're on, while we're on the topic of... Um, planting seeds uh, for young leaders coming through the ranks. What's one bit of advice that you think um, is paramount in terms of growing a young leader or someone to have positive influence or impact um, on our younger generations or just on everyone in general? Yeah, I think um, probably the one lesson I always remember from my secondary school days, we had a, a chaplain, an old, old Parker fellow, he was a, a, as a minister, and he said, and it's probably... I don't know, maybe a bit stale, but actually got a hell of a lot of truth for it. He said, uh, the greatest compliment anybody can ever give you is to trust you. Mm. Mm. Eh? <coughs> and I didn't make that up. 
He made yeah. it. He he told us, and that's what I've has been stuck with me. And and actually, as I think about leadership roles, the greatest compliment anybody can ever give you is to trust you. If they trust you, they follow you. If they don't trust you, stand aside because mm. you aren't going to be. Uh, nobody's going to follow you at all because they have no faith in you, no belief in you. So yeah. there, there's one piece of information. When I got the Parliament, however, oh my gosh, <laughs> I got a couple of pieces of uh, of gems. These are an aside to the question because the, the, that number one, uh, that's got to stand. Mm. Uh, but and talking to Tariana Tudia when we first got into Parliament, she said, um, if you throw a, if you throw a brick, expect to get a hand grenade back. Mm. In other words, if you get stuck into somebody in the public arena, then you can expect somebody will come back at you pretty hard mm. and give you double it. Yeah. Mm. Second one uh, was that um, in Parliament, just relax. Tohenere said, just relax. Enjoy yourself. I said, we're in Parliament, man. Not that I knew what I was about too much. <laughs> but we're in Parliament. We're here to do some serious business. Look, if you if you don't relax and enjoy yourself, it'll take over your head. Mm. You know, just it just consumes you because mm. you get down and out if something doesn't go your way uh, because you're dealing with huge issues, for goodness sake. And then the last one was uh, uh, from Georgina Tehuhu at the time. She said, Know the system, understand the system. Once you understand the system, you know how to use the system. It wasn't all that long, but it was something about you've got to understand what goes on in politics to be able to utilise it to its fullest extent. Um, so I never ever got to grips with politics, to be frank. Um, I did my job and I was more concerned about our constituents, but in Parliament when you're in Wellington, it's all about legislation. You're just churning legislation. Most people wouldn't even know that every day in Parliament there'd be four pieces of legislation that's on a Monday, uh, sorry, a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four pieces every day of legislation about you and you and all of us in the room. We wouldn't even know. Wow. Every day for pretty much uh, most of the year, 36 weeks of the year. <laughs> Some you hear about, others you don't. Budget you hear about, of course there's money mm, there. Yeah. But other stuff you just do not hear <coughs> because the job of parliament is to make new laws which are generally what the government does, and they took out on the, you know, when you're, you're preparing to vote, they'll tell you what they want to do. They're going to drop taxes, they're going to lift taxes, they're going to do whatever, uh, and they change old laws that have been there for a long period of time. So it's a weird business. You're just stuck there. You can't move out of that, that place, but um, it's a whole whole lifestyle, a whole totally different lifestyle that probably few people uh, get to experience Less people get to enjoy, uh, mm. and, and people just go there. Some are career politicians. Uh, that's that just love that stuff. They're just in there all of the time. Um, that wasn't me. Um, nevertheless, I was there for 12 years. Um, basically, with the fact that I thought the jingles, if I um, people put me here, you better stay here and do the job. <laughs> um, if and if you're not good enough, they'll vote you out, which mm. they did. <laughs> mm. Oh well. Um, now that you are out, um, I'm gonna open up with some a little bit for you here. Um, while you were in Parliament, um, most uh, as I've heard some people call it the cage match, the octagon or uh, zoo-like, but I want to know from you and your honest opinion, while you were there, what was the most hard case mm. or gobsmacking moment that you ever experienced during your time in Parliament? Gee, that's a hard one. Um, well, I think you gotta, people got to understand that while it is described as a sort of a cage fight, that's all the politics, mm. right? It's out the front in the, in the, in the sort of public arena. But, but, you know, when you get people aside... They're pretty genuine. Like most people would suggest, oh, John Key and Bill English and so on. You, you get them on their on their own. They're actually quite funny. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're very funny. They, they, they crack up jokes. And uh, and it's so funny because people be just drop, you know, just all the shields drop away. And you can talk to them, you know, just like us talking here. And they are very funny. 
not that funny is all about it, but I mean, they're just different people, you know, because you're in the public arena, you've got a certain persona that you've got to have. Uh, and I notice even now that when I see other politicians talking, I think, actually, yeah, I was like that once. <laughs> <laughs> talk like that. That's how I talk. Uh, but now that you're out, you know, you're, you're not necessarily in the public arena and therefore you don't have to watch your P's and Q's and you, don't, and you can have a time and enjoy I kind of like the hope that I was always like that, but you know, as you reflect on it, maybe not. Um, but mm. it's it's good to know that. So, uh, oh, jingus, uh, yeah, that, that, those are sort of things that you. That, oh, I think in twelve years, there's umpteen things that happen, <laughs> uh, both good and bad, mm. both good and bad. Um, yeah, uh, um, I, I think those. Are, that's sort of. Oh, oh no, no, I, I do. I <laughs> so I used to get up in the morning, catch my plane, right. I had to get out in the middle of winter and I'd leach into the cupboard and think I'd grab my shoes. So I grabbed my shoes, put them in the bag. I usually dressed up nice and casually when I flew down to Wellington. You fly down first flight in the morning. Mm. So you pack your bags, you, you, you know, grab your shoes out of the cupboard uh, to get down to Wellington. Got down to Wellington, had to get dressed into my suit, got my suit on, went to the cupboard and I, I checked in my bag, pulled out my shoes. Um, and it just so happened that I happened to pull down two right <laughs> both the same sort of shoe and they were both the right hand side so I put both of them on because you can't go into parliament without, without shoes without shoes. so I pulled the, both the right and put one on the left hand side one on the right hand walked into there and then I showed my mates and they started cracking <laughs> up and I, oh my gosh that became the big running joke that uh, that Tudor doesn't know his left foot from his right <laughs> which was true at the time so there you go that was one of the funniest things that happened what the heck that's yeah. a crack up uh, in reference to uh in reference to uh, previous MPs in the, in the House, were there any that you found out, uh, like outstandingly different how they're portrayed on the media? Uh, well, actually, probably most of them. Yeah. I mean, you got just such a range. Um, the theory is that Parliament is supposed to be all about Aotearoa. You know, my personal opinion, it's not. you got a certain cohort of people who end up in Parliament and they got they're, they're not the true... Aotearoa, you know, very few Asian, very few Pacifica, very few Māori, actually, um, to reflect the community. Uh, very few, uh, uh, um, well, when I say that, sometimes you never know, but uh, of the gay community. Uh, and um, we just don't have the diversity to get in there. It's slowly changing. Once upon a time, man, it was terrible. But it's slowly changing, I think, uh, with the diversity of, of people going to Parliament. But, you know, everybody changes. That, that, that place, the place can wear you down because uh, you're carrying such big responsibilities and the, uh, the decision. One vote can change the whole of this country if it goes wrong. Mm. Mm. Uh, why? Uh, you know, from everything from uh, uh, um, euthanasia. You know, one vote makes a difference about whether you can or you can't. Mm. Uh, um, abortion. So... It's a huge responsibility, and the thing is that you're away from your families. You know, you go down. Uh, even cabinet ministers, they'll go down on Monday. They won't go home till Friday, uh, and so you wait for all of that time. And then, if you're a minister and you're Maori minister, oh my gosh, you got the 21st. You got to go to nanny's uh, nanny's 90th birthday down and down the line. If you're in the Maori party, everybody wants to see you because you're Maori. Uh, you know, it's just you're all over the show. Um, and um, like I say, I. Uh, and I'd get a, a big bag about this high and so wide of papers that you had to read because you had to present those to Cabinet or they were for briefing papers for next week. Every weekend it arrived back at Rotterdam on, on Friday at 6 o'clock on the Courier and you had to read that over the weekend plus 
deal with all of the hui that are going on. Uh, and so now I used to think, Chingas, uh, what are those blinging people jumping in, in those limousines for? Uh, can't they drive themselves? <laughs> but actually, <laughs> I found myself, you know, falling off to sleep, you know, when I was an MP without a, a, a car. Mm. Uh, and I'd, I did a couple of times. Uh, very dangerous. So I was very thankful because I was worse. I was totally tired. You know, come the end of the week, because you're doing it week on end, you, mm. you're going into Parliament for three weeks. One week you're out, and then when you're out, the staff have planned you a whole schedule. You could be anywhere from Bling and Kai Tai to Stewart Island, anywhere. Um, you just didn't know. Um, and then... All the other things that go on there, it's just, uh, it's just totally different. I don't think people really appreciate, you know, being a politician, what, it's, what life is about. But more importantly, don't appreciate the effect on families. Because mm. when you get criticised or something happens for you, you personally, it, it affects your family. Mm. In fact, sometimes it affects your iwi as well. So when you go down, you know, a lot of people go down. And, um, and, and that's where I feel for people who, you know, who, who, who have been through struggle... I mean, I, I take Simon Bridges as an example. So he's in, I say it because he's current and you fellas probably know him. Do you know him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he's in Tauranga, right? And he spent, oh, he's about the same as me, but uh, 12, 15 years in Parliament. And I remember when he had his first kids. His first kid, he had three, if I remember, three or four. Well, he'd been in there all that time. He wouldn't have seen a lot of them. Same with me. I didn't see a lot of my kids growing up. So, and then when you get hit, you know, with something that comes up, especially of the, the leader, it's hard on families, hard on partners, really hard. So I'd say to anybody that's young, don't go to parliament, bugger that, no way. Mm. Have a life, for goodness sake, get your final organised and then through experience then go into parliament because that's when you go in, you know what the theory, you know what everything's all about but you don't go in just to make a career of yourself because it may well be that it destroys you and your lo- and your partnership with your partner, you, you know, your whanau just splits because you're tired, you know, um, all sorts of things that come up. Yeah, it's a tough gig, but um, but you the wonderful thing. I'm sorry about that. The just wonderful thing is when you do achieve something, it, it's nothing better. Mm. Uh, like I, I went up uh, north one time, and honestly, I went to this place, and this, the official said to me, "Hey, this crow wants to see you." And I went down this batch. Honestly, it's smaller than this, and it was a tin. It was tin. Stayed in there with his wife. There was a electric cord ran out the side of it. It was on a hill, uh, and he had electric cord to the to the generator. Uh, because he had asthma, and he had to have, you know, something to get his asthma pump going. It's 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 only tin. It's it's all tin with some tarpaulins over it in his house. He had a bed, had a sink, and he had a kitchen, a place to cook, and uh, mud floor. So when it oh. rained, it went straight through the middle of it, and he stayed there for uh, up to a year. Wow! So, and when we arrived up there, they said, "Oh, here's my house, my tour." And it was on blocks. His new house. And it was so thankful. Not, I didn't do it, but we set it up, you know, in terms of the work that we were doing. It was about housing. Gave this fellow a house. And he was just so joyful. So joyful, in fact. He moved all of his stuff into it while it was on blocks. Wow. <laughs> no <laughs> toilet, no water, no nothing. <laughs> he just moved, moved in. He it didn't all. Yeah, straight in there. And uh, so, you know, when you get that sort of... And he has to go down to the creek to get his water. Go down to the... To, and, and we're talking winter, all right? Mm. In the Taitokoro. He had to go down to the local stream to have a shower, a wash, and then he had to put up for that whole year. I mean, oh my gosh. Till you see those the people I've seen in Christchurch after the earthquakes. I've seen mothers with their sick kids in houses you wouldn't even, you'd bowl them. But I said, you should, we've got to get you out of here. Said, no, no, no. I, I don't want to move. I can't move. Um, 
because if I move out of here, the rent over another place will be higher and I might lose this place. I mean, I'm talking no doors. I'm talking uh, putting up blankets over the windows because it's so cold. I'm talking one pump, heat pump for a two-storey building. I'm talking rats in the kitchen. Uh, they couldn't get out. And I'm talking, and watch, well, the funniest thing was she had gone to the landlord. Why? To get a new letterbox. <laughs> to get a new letterbox. I'm not joking. She's, she asked the landlord to give her a new letterbox wow. so she could guarantee to get her mail, which might have been money and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And he couldn't cough up for a bloody letterbox. I'm oh, talking, you're joking me. Come on, woman, get out of this place. Uh, and that's one. I went into Christchurch places. I was talking, oh, yeah, I'll talk, take another place uh, down to Waimana in the Bay of Plenty. Uh, uh, asthmatic um, uh, father and Kui uh, and Koroa. Uh, so went into their lounge. They lived in pretty much lived in the lounge. Why? Because it's a hot fire. Ah. You go into the rooms. Cold. It's cold. It's dripping. The water's dripping straight onto the ledge. You go into the kitchen. You look straight through the middle underneath the kitchen because the, the floorboards had, had rotted, and the toilets in the in the toilet in the right place. Downside was it moved. Oh. So they had the the, the long drop outside. I mean, and I'm talking fellow that's got you know um, diabetes. Ah. Oh. I've seen I've seen the worst the worst state of poverty in this country, and I've been fortunate enough to see meet presidents, meet queens, meet princesses, um, you know, see other people from around the world and how they do and their 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 mahi as indigenous peoples. Uh, so if there's any blessing about being in Parliament, it was about just to meet so many New Zealanders across the board, Pākehā and Māori, but at the at the very depths of of sadness and grief. Uh, through to the high hitters, sit amongst millionaires and in front of the Chinese prime minister or pre premier, uh, whatever president he was, he was uh. here. Uh, but be able to do that. So uh, I count myself lucky, uh, but also, man, just to reflect on how people live, and it's got to be worse now uh, than it was then. And I'm talking what we talk about about ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. So that's the sort of story, but uh, always on my mind about the things that I saw, people I met. But man, you you know, and so when I, reflecting again, the one thing about Parliament, if if I uh, and anybody asked me, I, said, I didn't care too much about the legal stuff. Yeah. What it was it when you become a minister, the ability to say to a ministry, let's get some houses for these people. That that's the one when you can influence people and get them help, and you go and see them, or you see the fruits of your labour, then you know, yeah, that's the one. Mm. Uh, and so when you know when I, when I lost, I, I thought there were. Uh, I sort of kissed it goodbye, but it took a bit of a toll uh, on me because I, I thought we'd set everything up and work really hard to get to a, to a certain point, believing oh, well, we uh, you know I might have another shot at being a minister for three more years, mm. to really finish off the mahi that we'd done. It didn't happen, which was a real disappointment. But also, um, I think probably more because the, um, I felt that people, our people, lost faith in us. And that really hurt because we'd done we'd done the hard yards for twelve years, mm. you know, through thick and thin, done the hard yards, and then at that point in time, that we'd lost the Māori Party in Parliament. That that really hit me. So yeah, I was out for oh, I don't know, probably about six to eight months. Uh, yeah, I just struggled really badly, and then um, luckily the job at Tewanu Aotearoa came along, and I was really pleased to get there because I, I loved it. I loved uh, rubbing shoulders with fellows like you and. Our people who are out and about doing stuff. Mm. Uh, I don't. I don't handle being at home by myself and on the computer, and Zooms. I like to be out and about and just talking with people and mm. rubbing shoulders because that's that's all that stuff that gives me energy. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my life. 
Wow, very vast life indeed. Some parts of it, anyway. <laughs> um, I I actually have a question. You were listing off all these experiences that you've had. Uh, my question is, what's one one experience that you've had in Parliament that dominates your your train of thought? That's like so prevalent in your mind when you reflect on it. Um, probably two. First one was. I went up to Ruatahuna, uh, to uh, Mangapuatu, uh, and we went up for the 150th commemorations of the arrival of soldiers into Mangapuatu uh, when uh, Ruakenana had was taken away. And during that process, uh, uh, his, his, uh, from memory, as either his nephew or his son was killed, uh, and, um, and some of the women were raped, uh, and the village was basically taken over by police and soldiers. And when we got there... I was the crown. There's nothing worse than being a Māori crown representative going in front of your own people because they just give it to you. Uh, they love you. They do it in a nice spirit, but you you can't help but be moved by that sort of stuff. Same when we went to Orako, uh, you go on as the crown. You, you know, uh, there's, there's 250, 300, 500 people in front of you just going bang, ho, ho. I mean, it's just, it's inspiring. Uh, and so, anyway... Go to Mangapuatu, and it's a small community. If you've ever been there, it's a it's a unique community. They're way out in the middle of nowhere. And um, anyway, uh, the, the, when we're on the Morai, as old fellow said, uh, the the impact of of what happened to Ruakenana and 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 his people has come down through the generations. We want you to get a pardon for Ruakenana. Mm. He was taken away to Mount Eden and, and jailed for over, over a year, 16, 18 months, whatever, a couple of years. I've forgotten now. But he was taken away out of that community, and his community was the Iharaida people. And they had their own religious movement, or spiritual movement. So I said, I'll do my best. So he come back and uh, managed to get it through before I finished. And then to go up there and see his descendants just openly cry, uh, and we took in this... This green stone as a gift, you know, tataupaunamu, just here it is, it's done. We got you, it got you, we got this bling and pardon. That was one of the highlights, absolutely. Mm. Uh, to get that, and, you know, you'd say, well, there's only 200 people. Well, it might have been 200 people, but it's a hell of a message for Māoridom that we can do that, uh, that Ruakinana is a part of, well, there's a whole song <laughs> about Ruakinana. And to get his pardon... There's nothing, nothing better than for me, especially for the old people, because they, they were really, they said that that mamai, that what happened, the stigma associated with him being prison, ran through not only them but their children, and that we had to get rid of it. So that was something, yeah. And the downside was I wasn't at the end there to really wrap it up. So, yeah. but but you know we did all the hard work to get it. When you guys made that part impossible for Rua Kiedona, did that open other doors or avenues for you to kind of um, resolve some more? Uh, issues in regards to Māori At least now or historically There was people like Te Koti mm. There were others that were lining up But well there was just before I finished um, As I say well when I finished uh, When I got voted out So you know I thought that we had done Right by our people mm. um, That's why I was so disappointed that I thought we had done And it didn't, it didn't work like that uh, I'm, I'm not making excuses You know you vote and people will vote But I was just absolutely disappointed and distraught about that. And the only other time was, uh, uh, this sort of shows you, I think, uh, I jumped on a plane with a group that we're going over to the United Nations to give over some tukutuku panels. Mm. It was Washington, D.C. We got into L.A. 
flew all night, blah, blah, blah. Got into LA on a Sunday, I think it was, or it was a Sunday, uh, and then we heard that uh, one of the Nazi pro leaders, Api Mahuika, was on his last leagues. So I said, oh, jingles, oh, no. Anyway, so we had a couple of functions that night, went to sleep, woke up the next morning, oh, Api's passed away. I said, oh, well. It's not good look for the Minister for Māori Development being in the United States when that leader's up. I'm going home. And so he just mm. turned around and said, book me a flight, but try and get me there on the last day so I'm not there for three days and see if we can do something here. Mm. No, oh, we got your flight. Okay. So I turned around. Within one day, jumped on the same flight, came home. I got off the flight in Wellington in, in Auckland. They put me straight through the security onto the next. So I got off about... Six o'clock, next flight was 7.30 to Gisborne, got off the flight at 7.30 at Gisborne, had a shower at somebody's place, went on the, all up, all the way up the coast for two hours to get to Rotoria. I'm listening to the radio, hear this, Haramai, Haramai, and we think, come on, come on, we've got to get there, we've got to get there, this is our chance to get on, because we knew if we didn't get on then, we'll be five hours. Mm. Sure enough, five hours later. <laughs> <laughs> just oh got there, no. they were all on the marae, and I just couldn't get in there, and all my people, all our Tarawa people were waiting, so we had to wait for five hours. So that wasn't until we got there. This is on about 11, huh. right? They had to wait until 5, and then they'd gone for a kai. Then they said, oh, we need an hour break just to let the family have a, okay, 6 o'clock. Finally got on, went, stayed, went back and found it, got, got some sleep after that. And then the next day went back, and then the next day was burial, buried him. Uh, he went, as soon as he went off the bride, jumped in a, a, a car that had come down from uh, Tauranga, I think, to pick me up. And we said, we've got to go to Hawke's Bay now because there's another tangi down there. <sighs> so he jumped in the car, travelled all the way down to, to uh, uh, Hastings, to uh, one of the huata, tamahuata. Yeah. So that was five o'clock, get in here at five o'clock. Oh, they closed the gate. But because it's you, we'll open the gate. So we in, <laughs> went in, had a kai, eight o'clock on the car again. And another car had to come up from uh, um, Palmerston North, picked me up, took me back to the to do another three-hour trip. I got home about 11 o'clock that night. That was in the space of about four days. Wow, <laughs> Holy hell. Heck. That was crazy. <laughs> Bloody heck. Oh. Yeah, it took me a while to recover from that one. I bet. I bet. I feel exhausted just listening <laughs> to that far out. I go to go to Ooh. LA for one night and that's I just and I met a Māori that the funny thing was we met a Māori that had the only fish and ship shop in uh, LA apparently. Oh, yeah. So that that was funny to know that Māoris were selling yeah, fish and chip fish and chips are in the states. Let's go. States. Were yeah, they yeah. good? Yeah. I, I can't remember because I didn't have much time there. It was oh. just straight in. Hello, how much are much? you? Goodbye. I got to get on the plane. That was wow. like, that's exactly what it was like. That's 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 out of it little input there. The Māori whānau owning a uh, fish and chip yeah, shop yeah, over yeah, in the yeah, states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 shout out them. Acknowledge them. Um. I, I have another part side for you, Matua. Um, uh, we're going to refer to what you just previously said before. You were listing off names, significant names and leadership, um, like Taui Nari and, and other significant figures in Māori Uh and, and my part I is, what are some traits that you see that they have that has been able to translate into the people that are in Te Aurutanga or even in our generation? I can't say that that's in Te Ahurutanga at the moment. You know, you got you got young individuals like you fellas who, who are coming and getting life experience. There's no, you can't buy experience, eh? Life experience, hell. Well, you know, I got a fair few years on you fellas, and so <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot of dumb things that I shouldn't have done back in the day, even at Varsity, that, you know, you fellas will probably go through, the same as all the listeners will probably go through. You, you know, experience is experience. You, you're going to have that, and you're going to make some mistakes along the way, and 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 I still have regrets about what I've, I've, things that I've done. Uh, luckily, they haven't become public yet. Uh, but, but, I mean, you know, uh, I, I have been lucky to, to sort of meet people. Some of them, 
they can talk and they can. When we were together, Peter Sharples, Tariana Tudia, Hone Harawira, and myself, we could talk off an audience no sweat. Why? Because they were all gifted leaders in their own way. But then you go, me personally, I've seen a fellow called, I'm sure you've heard of him, Willie Apiata. Mm. When I first saw him on uh, Te Kaamarai when he got his VC, I'm still in awe of that fellow. I'm still in He is. He doesn't say too many words. And even if he does talk, he does very quiet. He doesn't do nothing. I just look at him. I just, hey, hey you know, he's just a man. Mm. Uh, and I, I take that because he just represents a heap of other people who did exactly what he does, but I can't imagine what he would have seen. Mm. Hey, going to war? Mm. Go to war and then come home, go pig hunting. Mm. And yet, and then his life is changed on one day. His whole life completely gone to from being a, a soldier in the air. Uh, I think he was in SAS, uh, maybe not, but he was a, a soldier. And, and one day he gets a VC, and we're talking like you have now got the VC. He's going, um. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will recognise him from that day on, mm. even till now, for the rest of his life. It's the name that rings throughout the history. Absolutely, absolutely, and his deeds, and all the other guys that have been overseas in war. Mm. Same like Mister Mister Upham from World War Two, like that. But the good thing about that fellow, he's our own. Mm. You know, he's Maori. We got that role model, and many Maori have been in the forces, never got recognised. So even back in my area, uh, you know, Hane Manahi. I don't know if you heard of him, but he was a, a Maori battalion in the Maori battalion. They put his name up to get a VC, and the uh, the authorities in the British Army wouldn't allow it. And yet now, it's just been acknowledged recently. Um, he happens to get the one below it, but there's no doubt whatsoever in the, in the army records he should have got a VC. So to get, um, you know, uh, Willie Apiata uh, through that whole regime mm. and come out the end and say yes, he's a hero. Mm. This was the fellows, not just him. He represents a heap, a heap of people who've been overseas and done things that probably none of us will ever see. Um, you know, our crow at home, uh, a bomb, Gillies, last surviving member of the 28th Maori Battalion. He just said, you ask, you have an interview or see an interview with him. You ask him, you know, what do you think about war? He says, Momo, what a waste. We should never have gone there. Never. It wasn't our battle. And he, he just about bring you to tears. Because mm. he is, it's sort of, well, he's, I don't know, he's in his 90s now. Um, and he's a sir, just become a sir. Mm. And he's become a sir in Italy. So you think, holy hell, that fellow, what the things that he's seen. And luckily I've been to some of those places. I've been to Casino where our people lie. And enter the tra actual train station where they were, and you think, and you, it, I mean, I've seen I've seen burial grounds where uh, uh, our people lay. Mm. They've been there way back into the nineteen back into the war, and then you look up to casino where where the place was where they had to try and capture. And you think, holy hell, mm. what a hell of a life they must have had. Mm. They're so young, so young. Um, that's just in one place, and yet they talk about actually. In that casino place, they, they talk about uh, 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 um, uh, graves that have three people in them. Why? Because there's just so many and not enough, not enough land. I mean, how the hell do we get onto war anyway after that corridor? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come we're, from? We were talking yeah. about leadership and comparing uh, previous leaders to how how future leaders are coming up today. And um, oh, did it unplug a little bit? Yeah, that's oh. all right now. Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, how previous leaders are, how they uh, their actions have influenced uh, all, all the young generation today to become future leaders. Have you seen any translation? Um, 
You probably have. I mean, you know, like I say, there's so many different leadership styles that people could have seen, you know, uh, any, everything from kapahaka through to, to politics, through to sport. You know, there, there's so many different ways that people express leadership. Some, you know, some will be speakers of Māori. Uh, they, they will be leaders on the marae, and yet somewhere else they may not necessarily be. I, I can't, I'm sort of struggling to answer that question because it's so, it's so wide. Uh, but the expectation, of course, is that people like you fellows and the ahuritanga and those ones who are aspiring to be leaders get a shot because uh, often there are things in the way. Um, I was at an at a, at a opening of a function just recently uh, <laughs> where uh, there's all sorts of things going on, but nobody actually was able to stand up and say, everybody, come this way, except me. Mm. <laughs> and I can do that because I've been around for a while and people still listen to me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and they thought because I had a loud voice, they'll follow me. Uh, but, you know, we don't have, just have a little bit more courage and I suppose, um, uh, I don't know, what's the term for it? Maybe a uh, bit of guts to sort of say, hey, um, I got you. Look after your fellas, come this way. Mm. But you've you got to learn those skills, you know, the ability to talk to a crowd. You can't just go in and yell to everybody because you bloody brass everybody off. Mm. And they say, shut up, sit down. <laughs> but, you know, there's little things that you learn over time to be able to communicate with uh, in different ways, mm. uh, whether it be by body language or just have the tone of your voice and how you project yourself. Uh, that all adds up to a picture about leadership. And those are the things you learn. And that's why the Ahuritanga is good because we try and put you, put people into a space where they feel safe and can have a go at it, role play. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of, I just want to, my, my uh, co-associate has um, given me a topic to talk about, but I just want to do one thing first. We're going to do a quick real swerve from politics to war to leadership to um, Te Panakiretanga really quickly. Mm. There's a there's quite a famous video of you um, speaking at the Huringato of... Um, Timoti Karetu. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you had the bravery to get up in front of his whanau and his iwi to say, And um, myself, Okeshan and I have um, watched that video over and over and over again and thought, man, if there was anything that I would ever want to say on the pipi <laughs> to anybody else, I wish I had the guts to say that. So I want to know how manaful or how awesome or how did you feel in general getting up on that pipi and saying that specific line? Well, like I say, I know those fellas. Yeah. Mm. They know me. Uh, there's things I can get away with, uh, either because of my past deeds or leadership roles I might have had. Mm. That, that wasn't to try and be, f oh, yeah, sure, of course it was to, you know, I mean, it was a day. Mm. Uh, and and you can get hung up a lot on, on tikanga stuff, which you still follow. Uh, but there's a, there's got to be a personal element to it, eh? You know, where, where you actually know the people. Um, and so, you know, I, I chucked that line out a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a good way to bring people together. So, yeah. Because everybody else was going to say, oh, I'm the best. I'm the I'm the one that, you know, they used to. And I know damn well I was not his best student. <laughs> and I know damn well, you know, that he, that he was, uh, that I was the bane of his life. And so <laughs> my wife, luckily enough, my wife wife was in the kapahaka here at Waikato. And that was, we started to meet here. Mm. And, and I was under him. And so I was probably more the bane of his life than anything. But... The one thing I can can do is to to have that relationship with them mm. and Farehuia and Potem. What are those ones? That that is a personal relationship. So when, even now, I, I can share with you that you know I'm not a fluent speaker. I'm a second language learner, 
And all of all that I've picked up is being around with people who I've been so fortunate enough to sit around with and, and hear them and talk with them. Like, I always remember the, the place, this place here when it was humming, you know, the, 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 the Hidini Melbourne, mm. the, the Murumaras, all those ones. I talk about it constantly around here because those were great days because you could go down the aisle of the Māori studies and everybody was speaking Māori and you could call on everybody and it was just laughter and laughter and laughter. Now it's closed doors. You know, those mm. days it was open and everybody was there having a laugh and you could have a joke with those fellas. And, you know, I went diving with Whareuia uh, and uh, we just had so much fun. I mean, so I could do that. I can get away with it, you know, or maybe not. Maybe I didn't get away with it. But you, you do things in your, in your time uh, uh, that uh, they're full of time. Next time will be different. Mm. You'll be at a tongue. You'll be totally different context, you know. Uh, so it, it's all on the day. Well, when I speak, I don't. I don't. I haven't got all the words. I, I, I the vocab. You know, I, I, I don't go to the Wananga which is a regret. Never enough time. I tried panikita tanga, uh, got the chop. Oh, no, I couldn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get the chop. Um, I got. So we had to finish because I had so much work on. Right. So me and the the chief justice uh, and my wife, we had to give it away. Chief justice uh, Joe Williams, mm. just too busy. Mm. Uh, so I'd finish on a Friday and just be slammed and then try and go down to listen to these fellas talk and stay up till blinging three in the morning. Oh, yeah, I'm good, but I'm not that good. Mm. Uh, I fall asleep and uh, yeah, I just, oh, no, nah, I just can't do this. So I miss that ability to engage with our people in te reo. Um, but I, I, the only thing that, I, if there's anything that I think I've got is, is, is to try and talk to the hearts of people, mm. you know, to talk to them, to talk to them personally, make it personal. Um, which is what I do all of the time. I, 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 I'm not the flamboyant uh, talk about all, all the kupu that you can find in the, the dictionary, whatever. It's very much a personal approach because I've got to use what I know, and that's why I encourage any speakers of Te Reo Māori, you know, get, use what you've got in your kete. Don't try and or say, what's the word for that and what's the phrase for that? Use what's in your kete, and people will get it because if you say it in aroha and you say it with love, then, then people will get it. They'll make excuses for you and they'll say, you know, you're all right, carry on. We get you. We understand what you just have to drop one word, and you got them already. Mm. So that's sort of my approach, um, and that's why I just say, "I'm your man," mm. and everybody laughs. I made my point mm. uh, that, in a sense, I love them, love all of those kaiako that looked after me, and they know that, and um, and so I can do that. And and the main thing for me is is that I don't care about what anybody else hears, only what he knows mm. or she knows. Mm. That's important to me. Me. So um, I, I actually have a part-time myself referring to that uh, because I myself am in my, my real journey. Uh, I, was, I was not privileged enough to be able to have te reo Māori as my uh, first language, but I'm learning as of many others. What are some guiding words or some yeah words of wisdom that you would have for individuals that are in a similar boat to myself that seek to be fluent te reo speakers? Well, I mean, I tell you this: that having kids wakes you up. I was lucky <laughs> enough to have uh, my wife was uh, another boarding school product. We we're both second language speakers, and when we got married, well, okay, it was a pretty good match for her. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, anyway, she so so our, the best thing was when you get kids right, and they come along, you got to decide where are you on this, um, and do you want your kids to be speakers of Maori? Yes or no? And if you do, you create the environment. Mm. Now, in creating the environment, you've got to be up there too. So as a teacher, what I know is that if you teach somebody else, you get better yourself. You've got to know your stuff. Hey, you've got to know your stuff before you tell, teach somebody else. So 
that's the first part is to if you if you were to teach your kids, then you've got to get yourself up to speed. But actually, you've got to have a belief in this country because I think we're we're not there in, the, in understanding that our language is getting lost all of the time. Um, and the day and the downside is while the state's got a got a a, a, um, a responsibility, the responsibility sits with us. We've got to take it up because. If we don't take it up, there's nobody else behind us who's going to do it. Mm. So I'm lucky I can talk from that because we made a commitment. All of our kids are first language speakers, and we're second language speakers. And then all of our mokopuna now are all speakers of Māori, mm. all of them. And they can speak English as well. But our people got this mistaken belief, oh, you get our, our children and send them, we've got a, after year five at Kuangaru, we've got to send them to the general stream school. No, they will always have English. Why? Because there's TV, there's radio. There's English all around us at the, at the Pack and Save and McDonald's, for goodness sake. You ain't going to but get English. Of course you are. Are you going to get Māori? Mm. Mm. Hey, that's where the effort's got to be. So I say just the most encouraging, just to encourage those, you know, like yourself, is use whatever you've got. But you, it's got to be a mind shift. You've got to change your mind shift. And um, like I'd go from flicking from, Going into Parliament, speaking English, coming out and going and speaking Māori and Te Karere, going back in, going out, and so you, you're bringing traumatised, schizophrenic, uh, flicking. But if you're able to keep your mindset on staying with it and even using words and English mixture of, then you're consciously moving. So I'll give you a hint. Um, when I talk to non-Māori groups, Pākehā groups, I say to them, straight up, your language pronunciation is crap. And they're going, what the hell? How do you know that? <laughs> no, I'm just telling you. <laughs> and I'm saying that your language pronunciation is crap. Let's start from there. And once they realise that, then they'll make sure that every time from there on in, oh, their fellow level said my language is crap, I'll start pronouncing properly. Mm. So I've, made the, I've made the push straight away. You know, I, I say to, I've got, I got clients that come to me to learn about Te Aumara, say, bro, your, your language, it's crap. Please pronounce our language properly. And I do this with love. This is my strategy to get you over the line. Mm. And they pick it up because all of a sudden they got to face it. Unless you tell somebody, they're still an ignorant bliss. And the last example is when I went to teach in Kaikoura. When I went to Kaikoura, all the kids in my school pronounced it Kaikoura. Mm. Why? Well, because their parents said Kaikoura mm. and their grandparents said Kaikoura. And it's likely when they grew up and had kids, their kids would also say Kaikoura and it would be Kaikoura forever. Until somebody else has changed, somebody else changes the mindset and says, "No, no, actually, it's a footprint of this land. We've got to get it right." Basic as that. And and did they? I haven't been that back there for a long time, but you got that. I'm talking about you know I'm talking about Jenkins way back oh, yeah. when I yeah, first yeah. started teaching, and so I'm hopeful that times have changed because you got in tu- you're getting tourists going through, and then you got in lot, getting a lot more people going through, likely to be able to say Kaikoura mm. as opposed to Kaikoura. I'd suspect, however, that those who live in Kaikoura still say Kaikoura, even now, because nobody's shaking the tree on it. It's a bit, it's a bit like uh, the um, Taidi Plains and um, what's that other place? Uh, it, it reminds me of the art piece that Mr. G did when uh, he, he had uh, how people pronounce Tauranga incorrectly, but he spelt it how they yeah. would say it incorrectly, yeah. like Tauranga However, they say it. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing. Unless you shake the tree and say, it's not, it's not that. Mm. No, there is a way to pronounce it. I'll help you. 
but you've got to help people. You can't just slam them with a hammer all the time or they just turn off. Uh, you got to take people on the journey, you know. And so that that's the sort of some of the mahi I'm doing. Mm. Mm. Well, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of, but that's all right. That's yeah, that's very hopeful that um uh, place names are pronounced properly. I think they're getting that way. I uh, would say so. Slowly but surely. Mm. But uh, you know, like unless like you can go to Auckland and some suburbs. Here's the thing I'm noticing in business. So you can go to some places in Aotearoa and there'd be non-Māori who have not ever engaged with Māori. Wow. Can you believe that? Mm. Uh, they see you in the supermarket, but they don't engage. Uh, 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 there's nothing. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy in Aotearoa that we don't engage with each other. Mm. You know? Uh, I don't know. It's sort of like so the, the, uh, the Asian communities. When you go over to Asia and you're in their communities, you think, oh, what a beautiful people. Mm. Japanese... Chinese, yeah, despite everything, you go into the, some of those communities, man, they're beautiful people, they look after you. Yeah, very welcoming, eh? Welcoming, they look after you, and yet when we come over here tourists, oh, hey, we don't, we don't have, the, we have a different attitude. Mm. Crazy. But anyway, <laughs> that woke me up. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So um, we're, we're just going to do a quick transition. Uh, we, we here at Tutu also like to bring up and surprise our guests with some photos. Oh. Uh, so... We, we we do a little bit of research prior to our guests coming in, and so we've got some photos on my phone that we would love to ask if you can explain it in, in depth. Certainly. So, so um, this photo here is from uh, the 25th of May 2021 that you published on your Instagram. Um, so the caption says, some people might say this is a good place for me. This is not, uh, that us not funny. That's the caption. <laughs> and so this is you here. You are in a pillory I don't know, I don't know where exactly the pillory oh, is. Oh right, 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 right. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that photo was quite hard case. Uh, <laughs> could you uh, could you explain that photo to us, please? Um, yep, I was down the South Island. Uh, I think it's a place called Dunstan. And my wife and I, after I finished at Tuanong Aotearoa for the first time, said we're going to get a camper van, going to jump in the camper van and go. So we went down to this place and found that uh, around uh, on the west coast. So. Um, are you talking about the picture or the caption? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. caption was a bit to say that I should be should have been locked up a long time ago. Uh, that was the prison, but there's heaps of history on the west coast, man. We did, we haven't seen a lot of our our own country. Mm. Mm. On the west coast, I went into a small pub one night, uh, went for a kite, and uh, you know, it's the same old thing: big, huge fire, old relics back from the nineteen blinging tens, uh, blinging cow horns and blinging pig heads and stuff like that. And you go in and and then she and uh, they said, oh, "Are you looking for a beer?" Because we have five guys all having a, a jar, a jug, or whatever. And mm. uh, then it's sort of everybody's around the fire. And, oh, come on, come on! What did you like? Have a beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have a beer. And they said, uh, "Oh, you want a feed? Yeah, yeah. We'll have a feed." Sally, Sally, where are you? Come out here! There's some people out here want your feed for you. <laughs> so you know that sort of raw. stuff carries raw. Yeah. And then you, she comes out and she has a white, big, huge whiteboard, right? And it's got the lunch menu. And so she starts explaining. And this is at tea time. Huh. She says, "Oh, bugger! It's a bloody wrong menu. Just a minute, I'll just turn it around." So she turns the blackboard around, right? And then the, the tea's all there, flinging back in the day. Hey, there's, there's people down there. I mean, we went to another place, and there's this lady in the museum. I swear she must have been sitting there at the museum since 1910. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, she's, just, she's got the same, I mean, it's just sort of something that they love about it. You know, you just can't ever get that uh, on, mm. the, on the coast. Mm. And, but I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you, if you ever get a chance to go to a, a, a black 
um, uh, church service, that, yeah. that mm, is an experience. Yeah. So my daughter was playing basketball in the States. Uh, this group, the, the, the group looked after their basketball team, and she, when we went over there, said, come on, we're going to church. These people, we're looking. they go buy a kai for them as well. So went along to the church service. Honestly, there is a there is a something on there on Facebook. I put back put up there on the day, and it was one of the experiences of a lifetime. Mm. Uh, sure, they had the security guy out the front with his gun, but you go into this church, and they said, oh, uh, "Brothers and sisters, we have our guests from New Zealand. Just <laughs> <laughs> stand up and give some affirmations." Yeah, so we stand. Oh, kill everybody from New Zealand, and oh, amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Oh, it was an experience. I tell you what, you, if you ever get a chance, okay. not just to, you know, not just to go and watch them go to church, but just the experience of being in a, you know, that sort of environment is just amazing. And you think, holy, I mean, we're talking, I don't know, probably about six years ago now, but what that, and that's the that's that's the tradition of their singing. Mm. Man, their singing is just so beautiful. And yet we look at Beyonce's, and, but there's a million Beyonces. Yeah. Holy hell, you know, uh, there's a million blinging uh, other people that don't do hip hop. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are there, man. They are just so, um, so talented. I'm gonna give you, uh, give me a one second before we show you the next photo. I believe, oh, yeah. Um, and before I go to my test and leave you in his capable hands, <laughs> um, we we also we also found that that your fa- one of your most favourite things in the world is rewana bread. So. Um, I'm going to get you to be a little bit political here. Who makes the best Rewana bread for you? Come on, you've been serious about that. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. You. <laughs> Come on. Yes. Hey, I mean, my queer made the best bread actually, but I haven't got his bug. I, I had to get my own one. So that's why, I, and that's a good thing for for you fellas is you should get into Rewana bread. It's mm. so easy. Well, while you're here. Are you willing to release your recipe or a recipe? Very easy. Very easy. You just need the bug. And you can do it online, for goodness sake. I mean, I've been making it probably follow, if you have been following me, and I'm impressed by your research, by the way, um, <laughs> um, that, that I, I started having a go at banana bread. And yeah. it's easy. You just get all the recipes online. And the biggest thing about it, bread, is just the kneading. Mm. Uh, that's a good stress relief, though. Just pressing it away and then bringing it, folding it back in and getting it to the right just the right uh, texture, mm. and then letting it cook. And man, there's nothing better. No, everybody knows two things about my rewana bread. You never eat it when it's hot because it goes doughy. Mm. And the second thing is you never toast my bread until after day three. It's shocking. Anybody does that, that's that's not the one. Why after day three? Uh, well, because it's still fresh. Mm. Should be fresh, you know, for two, two or three days. That is not the tahi. <laughs> So uh, after that, I just give anybody that toasts my bread they're off my Christmas cards. Not the tahi. Don't toast your bread after day that's three, right, Fano. Don't right. toast your bread. So in combination with that, we got another. We got another photo here from one of your Twitter posts from 2018. You said, "This is a beautiful creation, i.e., the bread under the butter and jam." Rewana bread for those who do not know. Made why me? <laughs> just saying. And here's our photo here of a beautiful rewana bread that that's he made. Right. Only one. Oh. Only one. I can do three now. Ooh. Ooh. So, so what are your toppings on your lovely rewana bread, Matsu? Just like the, just a hell of a lot of butter, golden syrup, and jam. Even mm. the jam's got to be a sweet jam. Did you not hear the post? Bread underneath, that's yes. right. not bread topping under- on just, top. Right. Just got to clarify that because some people put bacon under the eggs <laughs> or bacon under the bread. What? Yeah, that's a story that's for another time. Oh it's a, a travesty. <laughs> that was. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Hell. Oh, <laughs> almost as bad as having blinging tomato sauce with, with pork bones. <laughs> <laughs> who does that? Hey, who does that? Honestly. Who puts tomato sauce on pork bones? I've been informed. And watercress. I've been informed that's a, that's a Northland specialty. Is it? Oh my gosh. What a waste of bloody tomato sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, waste of pork bones. <laughs> and watercress and puha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh special. Hey, uh, gee, have you got other examples of what people do? I mean, like, yeah, and I just can't imagine. I've seen it. Tomato sauce on puha and watercress. Here's hey. on. Here's on for you. Do you do you do you like avocado? Yes. Okay. Do you like coffee? Yeah. Have you seen them? Have you seen an avo latte before? No. So, oh, it's, if my bro can pull up a photo of it, so essentially, avo <laughs> what? Avo latte. So essentially, it's a a hollowed out avocado with a bit just protecting the skin. With a latte in it. Oh, okay. Um, the photo is here. We're going to show you our camera now. Have so a latte. Have a latte. So they put the they make the coffee and the avocado on the shell, but there's not too much avocado in there, is it? No. There's like a thin layer of it. The thin layer of it. Oh, that's just these fellas are hard up for cops, is all. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What's the point of putting it in an avocado if you I can't even have any taste in it? That's, that's just a blinging second degree, second degree cup. For goodness sake. <laughs> what the hang, eh? Oh. That, I, I bet you that's your first trick or what? Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. No, not at all. Not at all. Just, just <laughs> cut that, cut that. No, 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 no. no. Um, on that note, I will take my leave to go take my test. Oh, um, And he will uh, take the interview for you. Oh, heck. So it's been lovely to meet you. If you're Good still boy. here while I'm back, I'll come back. Something's changed about university life, eh? Hey? <laughs> actually do some study beforehand, <laughs> not bling and do a radio interview before you go. <laughs> what the hang? Actually, you're the same. You had a test this morning. Yeah, I had a test this morning. Both years. What the hell's and, going and on? And I got a, I got another test tomorrow. <laughs> Holy hell! Um, so we're gonna crack back. We got, we're gonna crack back onto it. We got another photo here. So we got a lovely photo with you outside of Marae with the previous Governor General, uh, Dame Patsy Reedy. So um, could you please explain to us what happened this day? Uh, I'm not actually sure, to be truthful. Um, I don't even know where that... I'm trying to remember where that might have been. No, I can't recall. She's a, she's a, a beautiful woman. Yeah, she's lovely. She's uh, really nice to talk to, very gracious. Um, and um, you know she she did she did well for our country I think uh, because she had a good background in terms of um, New Zealand history mm. and, and so she was able to bridge gaps into Maori communities as well as the New Zealand community so she's um, big ups from me she's a wonderful person and um, the country was fortunate to have her as a governor general and and now I'm going to show you one last photo um, it may not be a photo of you. But it would be a photo that you can have a relation to. So this photo here, oh yep, I'll show the camera once I get it back. Is a photo from 1990 at Tohara College That's in Taupo. Right. Yep. So the reason why I'm showing you this photo today is because in that photo, my mother was there and she was taught by you. Really? Yes. My mother's name was Angela Hose. Angela Hose. I remember the name. She was um. At the time, she was a third and fourth former, one of the two. Was it pronounced hose or hose? Hose. Hose. So like a garden hose. Garden hose. Yeah. Uh, so I remember the name. Which one is she, by the way? Um, oh, not oh. that I got my glasses on, I can see <laughs> it, but anyway. Okay, to play, uh, 
She was in the Glidden's class. Hose, yeah, I remember that name. So right in the middle. Right, right in the middle. Oh. Oh. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Yes, so oh, well. so Matsu, we have an intergenerational uh, connection right there. Holy hell! And 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 unsurprisingly, that's that's probably what happens a lot with you being a previous teacher at Fairfield College, was it? That's also? right, Fairfield College, Mangere College. Uh, where else did I teach? Those are probably the main ones: Kaikoura High, Fairfield College, Tohara College, Mangere College in Auckland. Mm. Yeah, wonderful days. But that's the thing is that I see some of my former students now. I wouldn't know them from a bar of soap. Um, and, of course, out of school uniform and everybody's got beards or otherwise have grown old. That's one of the, the wonderful things about being a school teacher that you get to see your former students and and then see the next generation down. Mm. Uh, you're a little bit bigger than what I you know would probably imagine, but that's because time rolls on and you usually think about little kids. Hey, you know, they just come out of school and so on. People gone on to bigger and brighter things, but that's wonderful. As I say, one of the great things about being a school teacher, you get to influence people's lives and, and see the product of their uh, uh, of their times um, and um, and where everybody's landed. Mm. It's even better to meet their descendants. So, kanui to me, kiakwe. Yeah, awesome. Because uh, I think I think if my information serves me right, she would, uh, at the time, they would call you Matsuwehimi. Yeah, that's yes. right. Because that was your your teaching name, was it? Yeah. So so um, I was christened James. Most people at home call me Jimmy. Used to, uh, and I went through my schooling that way. And then I got to St Stephen's School, and I got my slave name Jimbo. Uh, and I left there, went into university, and I stayed with that name. And then when I went teaching, uh, um, people didn't know what to call me. I didn't want to be called Mister Flavel, so I said, just call me. Uh, Call me sir, that's okay if you have to, uh, but call me um, um, whatever it was, uh, Hemi, so I just translated James. Uh, and then over time people have picked up this word matua hey, as an uncle, which is mm. which is fair enough. But as I travelled around and the different schools, they all had different, you know, uh, just changed it. But the key to that is is that when I was at Tohara Yet, they called me Hemi. Um, and all the teachers were still Mr. and Mrs. or whatever, uh, and I, did, I didn't mind the kids calling me Hemi and as the teaching staff. But I went to Taranaki and I was on a radio show uh, on Te Korimako Taranaki mm-hmm. 94.8 FM. That's my, that's my radio voice, I'm just saying. Um, and we had a talkback show, and uh, we are just trying to get a station up and running. We had to do a three-month three, uh, three trial, and it was in my office, uh, and... Um, just to do this trial, and we started talking about it, and we'd put up a talkback. Sh- we have talkback show, and what we did was, okay, let's just we'll wait for your calls, and nobody rang because we didn't have anything to talk to. You know, you just put a topic up, and everybody agreed with it; they wouldn't ring in. So I turned it around and said, well, let's check up something really heavy, like um, oh, uh, all Maori, all, all English should be banned from all Marae throughout the whole country. And all of a sudden, everybody start ringing in because mm. it's controversial, right? And then well, the next day, you know, so one of these days, I said, "Righto, as of tomorrow, we are going to go back to only having tupuna ancestral names. Why? Because those ancestral names have got huge mana. They carry history. They carry fokapapa. We should have Maori names um, for all of our children. And we're going to start tomorrow. Well, the contradiction was my name was James. <laughs> so you know." So it was a contradiction in terms of, all right, next day I went and had my name changed. Well, not that next day. I went to try and test it out, so I only signed 
hear me on it, thinking, oh, that'll pass, but the bank wouldn't accept my cheque at the time, so I had to go and do it officially and then change my signature. And that's how I became, well, I just changed my tupuna name, Tiruro on my dad's side. That's how I got, uh, that's how I've been with my tupuna name ever since. But my Christian name, Christian, sorry, the uh, Christian name was James William Ben Flavel. So that's how I ended up with my tupuna name. But I suppose I'm thinking about your name uh, and, and the sort of the mixture of, the, you know, what, I'm not exactly sure it's, I, I can see how it's put together. Okay, Sean, all right, I get that. And then saying, well, what's after that? Because your kids are going to come along and say, okay, where's the whakapapa? Mm. Where's the so you talked about your mum, you know, she's got whakapapa as well. And then what about back from there? And where do, what about your kids? When you have kids, what are you going to do with your kids? You're going to have them, like, I mean, i got I got a niece and nephew that call themselves after a motorbike. I'm thinking to myself, that motorbike here has got a, it might have a whakapapa, but it's from over in Japan or somewhere, wherever it might be. So it's just about, I mean, this is what the things that I have been on over the many years is about trying to, and that's basically the politician, is about giving hope and rebuilding our people off the back of what our people have experienced by loss of language. Mm. So that's been the gig. Uh, and so part of that is to actually take up again those responsibilities about our language by naming our mokupuna and our children. Um, in their tupuna names because there's so much history, and, and what happens is when they when they die, what do we call them? Oh, oh, Blackie. Yeah. Why? Because that's what everybody thought they were called because that's their that's, that was their nickname as opposed to their beautiful name, which is my you know, Tafitikiterangi, which had a history back as the great great grandfather of so and so. So you know those sorts of things are again a part of those that learning journey for everybody just to think about. So all I do is ask people to think about it. Check in on it because that might help. Yeah. Mm. Um, I'm also just going to bring up another thing that uh, we've. This is not the first time I've been able to listen to you speak, especially in a format like this. Uh, in 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 2018, to be specific, Wednesday the 18th of July, you came to Waikato University when I was a first year here, and you did a you did a guest lecture, and it was on an independent Maori voice in Parliament. So this was just following the recent election, and uh, one of my one of my peers at the time, she a short short Pākehā looking girl, but she was she's full tutu Māori, and she was drilling you with all these questions, and your ability to answer them was like unbelievable. Um, but one thing, one thing I really remembered from that day was is just just the title, independent Māori voice. Do do you see a lot of strong independent Māori voices, not just in Parliament, but just in in, sus, in society today? Oh yeah, there's plenty in society. Sometimes they speak out, sometimes they don't. Mm. But that was always the point about having the Māori Party in Parliament, was that when you're in a political party, you have to follow the line. You you can't go out of out of out of sync with whoever's the leader of the time. You must follow that edict, whether you believe in it or not. You must follow it. And therefore, so, so I'll give you an example, uh, that once upon a time there was uh, a thing called charter schools. And charter schools were probably the best thing, one of the best things that happened for Māori education because it allowed communities to decide the right education for their, their group of whānau, right, whatever it might be. So there's one up in Te Taitukaro, up in Whangarei, that was based on the 28th Māori Battalion. So they taught kids, and they had a big following, about the, the legacy of the 28th Māori Battalion. It was brilliant. They had students pass through and, and get to the very highest levels. 
Well, the Labour Party said, no, we're going to cut all of those schools. And yet there was three or four people who were either principals or board of trustees, <laughs> presidents, or their wives were teaching in those state schools, and they were saying we're going to shut them down, which they did. But all they did was change the title and the name and the funding regime, which basically honoured that commitment, but it's the same thing, exactly the same thing, charter schools. So that's politics of it. Um, but there be, you know, there were times. For example, the Māori Party came about because one person chose Tariana Tudia not to support the rest of them because they, she understood that um, the law at the time was to take away a, a, a two things. One is the right for Māori to go to court to test ownership of the foreshore and seabed, and secondly, to claim that that customary ownership of the foreshore and seabed for all New Zealanders over the top of Māori rights. Um, she stood up for that, and that's why our people followed that hikoi to, to Wellington, and off the back of that, and that, that was a standard principle, but none of the other Māori MPs followed it. They all regret it now, of course they do, they all say that was dumb, but they all had a vested interest to try and make, you know, they had positions in Parliament, didn't give them up. And so, um, you know, that's, uh, that, those are the sorts of things that, that can happen, and uh, the point I really want to make is, is that when in politics... There's only a couple of times when you can vote by yourself. One, if you're, if you're not there, <laughs> if, you, if you stuff up, or else number two is that you're taking a conscious decision to vote against everybody else, which means that you've got to get out because you must you, you were put there by a Labour Party or a National Party or Green or Act, and they will take you out. So you've got to flow the, go with the flow. Well, that's what the wonderful thing about this independent Māori voice is we could be Māori. didn't matter what anybody thought, felt or otherwise. We could advocate on the part of our people and we could do it honestly and openly free to go and say what we wanted to say. Uh, and so that, that's why we had a good relationship with the National Party because in that regard they knew that we would always do that. And the agreement was, it's okay, go for it. Because we already got the numbers, we don't need you fellas. No, our people, people still to this day don't understand that actually, yeah, we were tied to the government, we could vote against the government at any point in time, which we did. So... Yeah, we might have been tied to them to get the, the things that we wanted, like the pardon for Ruakinana and the changes to the land and, and foreshore and seabed, but we weren't tied to them. We could vote against them. In fact, most of the time we voted against the government at every turn, simply because it didn't line up with our kaupapa. So being an independent voice is so crucial because you can be free to be Māori, be free to be Māori and unapologetic about it. When you're in the mainstream parties and those other parties, you've got to toe the line. If the boss says, go left... You go left or get out. Simple. Yeah. That's that's what was so important about that was just to say, and that's why I still believe, obviously, in the Māori Party because that allows us to have a free voice, uninhindered, uncontaminated, uninfluenced by anybody else but our own. Mm. Wow. Uh, and you, you've brought it up a few times. Uh, you said that you were a previous boarding school student. I also was a boarding school student and know what happens in boarding schools, especially with single-sex schools. Um, is there any stories or memories that you have about those times back at St. Stephen's that, that you can reflect on and have a chuckle about? Uh, oh, heaps of things. Blinking heck. I mean, you, you know, yeah, five years is like, I'm sure you can tell stories about it. But the wonderful thing about those sorts of schools is that you get bonds and friendships that are lifelong. Lifelong. So in my pouch, my bum bag that I've got here is, uh, is, a, is a pouch of a, of a friend of mine whose his wife gave me it uh, three or four years ago when he passed away at cancer. Very close. He was the third foreman. I was a senior at the time. And him and I had a good, really close relationship. 
um, and I, I loved him dearly. And I knew he was on his on his last legs when I saw him. About two weeks later, he died. And then when I got the position at, uh, I think I, when I left Wairangawa Aotearoa, his wife was there, and she she said, "Here, this is for you." He was in, it was in, it was his, and he got it from a First Nations person to look after him. Well, he's he don't need it anymore, so here's it for you. <laughs> Here it is for you. And so it's been all that's I, I carry that. So you know. Um, uh, th- those friendships that you build up over a long period of time uh, are hugely important, um, and you know they will always be around. And, and like I say, the, the, the relationships are hugely important. That's one thing I did learn about Parliament. You you got to have relationships. When I say that, <laughs> not, not like that. Oh, those relationships, <laughs> but you got to you got to you know build relationships to work with people because you it's such a struggle. Um, if you're always just in negative mode, you, you probably never ever get anything. But there's time to be negative on it, and there's a time to be positive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm impressed by this all this bling and research you've done. The oh. other one you caught me out on a hop was that was uh, a quote or whatever it was back there, mm-hmm. if earlier um, when you not the photos, but before that you, I was really interested that you'd sort of dug down a bit deep to find out some background on me. See, are uh, we here two two to once again a uh, uh, notorious a uh, new notorious for researching into our guests well because done. we want to. Show that we appreciate having their time here, and and saying that we we just want to show what we do here. We're Good on you. <coughs> that's the way. So we we have four questions here to to do that. Um, we we ask all of our guests that, and we'd we'll love to see what your answers are. So our first question is: What is your dream travel destination around the world? Uh, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't been there yet, but I'd like to go to Croatia. I heard that's pretty good. Never been there, but um, I've been to a place called uh, in um, Borneo or off Malaysia. That's that's a beautiful place over there, Kinabalu, I think it's called. Mm. Um, that's that's a beautiful place. So uh, probably there, one of those ones. It'd be nice just to have an experience there. Good good country, Croatia. I heard a lot about it, uh, but <coughs> you know. It's a long way away. Mm. It's even worse now with uh, the battles going on over that way. But anyway, um, our next question is: uh, What is your favourite game? It could be a video game, or like a sport, or a card game. Well, I'm um, I'm an avid Bulldogs, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs supporter, and it, my sport is giving it to anybody that happens to follow the Warriors uh, at the moment. <laughs> um, that's my favourite sport. On a Saturday, it's more of a muck around with some, some friends that we just have this this banter that goes on on Facebook every game. Uh, I shut my mouth and my bulldogs go down, <laughs> and I give it to everybody when they, when they win. Um, so I, I enjoyed the league. I enjoyed the league. I, I was a rugby player myself, but I enjoyed the. Oh, actually, well, I enjoy my sports, basketball, and netball. I you know I really quite enjoy the physical side and trying to get around and, and keep fit myself. So yeah, league probably. Sound a lot like the State of Oak game yeah, people yeah, yeah, from yeah, last right, night. That's right. yeah, oh, heck, they were everywhere that last night. Game. That was a good game. <laughs> um, our next question is: uh, You've had a lot of experience. You've been you've been all around the world. You've seen a lot of things, it's, and through your experiences and how you talk, it's um, it's understandable to see. So, for any aspiring teachers, any aspiring politicians, leaders. Individuals that can share a relationship or connection with you. What's some advice that you would provide to them? Um, I think I probably shared most of it. You know, during this afternoon, is about 
leadership is about uh, is, is make some mistakes. You're never ever going to get it right. Um, leadership is about getting people to trust you. Leadership is about leading. Um, it's about making a stand. Don't be shy, uh, but to have a go. Um, what I'm hopeful for is that we create leaders who are able to sit on our pipeline that are being decimated at the moment with so many of our old people dying and who, who are able to be both leaders in Te Ao Pākehā but also leaders on our pipeline and be able to carry our dreams and aspirations into the future. Now, people use those terms all the time, but I've seen heaps of ones that come to university, you put them in the boardroom, they're awesome. But they've got no idea what happens at their marae mm. or don't even know they've got a marae or never been to a marae. I'm talking about Māori. And then you've got those who are marae people who've never been on the other side and seen what it is to engage at the highest levels or negotiate with council. So the hope is that we can find leaders who can who are able to work in both worlds. But I, I fear right now for our paipai, for our marae, uh, because so many of our older people that had to deal are dying off and we actually haven't, there's a big, huge void at the moment, albeit the efforts of Kurakaupop and Kohangareo, the graduates to come through, but there's a gap there and I worry that we're losing it because, I mean, even now with COVID, the whole nature of how we inter- inter- um, interact with one another has changed. So we don't automatically go to Hongi. We go to fist pump or elbow thing now and, and our kids will see that and that might become the norm. Mm. It's like women not, not doing a Hongi with a male or males not having a Hongi with a woman. Uh, that's developed over time and yet we all have mana. Um, and why aren't we not staying with that greeting that is absolutely inherently Māori? Male to male, woman to woman, male to woman, woman to men. And yet we're losing that. If we can lose that at that level, then the COVID element will brings another dynamic to it because we don't even practice it, hongi. So there's my worry. Mm. And our final question is, uh, it's, do you have any people out there that you wish to acknowledge, any any names that you wish to say, um, to greet or, or shout-outs in other words? Um, oh, I don't exactly know how far the reach is, but you're telling me that they, there's a big reach here. So just, um, yeah, just a, me to you two, actually, uh, for taking, oh, the three of you, the whole crew, uh, that are taking this cope about and getting it out and about. Um, it's important that people get information a, and that they can have, an, have a platform to either air views or share views. Uh, so if I was doing a good job in that regard when everything is sort of cluttered with radio and all sorts of different things and music, Whereas an opportunity to either listen or engage is usually important, that especially now because we've been sort of locked away with COVID and stuff like that and have lost that ability to engage with one another. So I just want to shout out to you both, uh, to the whole crew here uh, with Tuturu. Uh, congratulations on the mahi that you do. I want to wish you well for the future and to all of those listeners who tune in to you, fellas. Clearly, you've got something going for you, uh, and that the mere fact that you have got so many listeners. It must be a testament to the information that you share, plus the guests that you get in, uh, plus the way that you present and the research that you do. So I just want to congratulations to you all. Kanui te mihi kia koutou katoa. Kamutu kia koutou e nāu te karanga, kia hae ke mai au ki konei. Me te ahu tanga ki tō whaia, ki tō māma, ki tō whānau hoki i roto o taupōnui ātia, e tāti tūwharetoa. Taira anō ki te nanakia i noho nā i reira. So wish you well, all the best, and I'll be interested to see what else comes out of uh, Tuturu in the future, and I'll keep an eye on it on Facebook. So kanui to me, thanks for having me, eh? Thank you. Thank you to Uruo. Now, Mr. Speaker, (laughs) we've gone through the first reading. We've listened to all the discussions in the second reading, and we're now finally here at the third reading, the formal conclusions of this beautiful act, the Tuturu Act of 2022. 
So, to begin with, we've got to acknowledge our wonderful guest here, Matua Tiriroa Flavor. We thank you. We thank you here today for joining us. Thank you to our listeners to be able to tune in today to this beautiful conversation that we had. Uh, and to my, my colleague who had to leave to go sit a test. Yeah, my, I acknowledge you. And shout out to Steen in the back. My name's Keishan. His name's Harley. Thank you for tuning in today. Kia ora. Forgot to say all in favour, say aye. Oh, all in favour, say aye. 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 Any opposed? <laughs> nah. <laughs> Good night. Kapai. <laughs>